morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Kofefi on Unsafe Space. Today is, what, Wednesday, the 18th of September. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad, but today a little bit under the weather, Mamma Jam. I've had this cold for seven days, and I thought it was on the mend. And this morning, I feel like I did, how many days ago was that? Friday. I felt awful. <laughs> Well, I don't know what it is. Everybody was saying it was allergies because I'm like Texas. There's, I guess there's lots of things in the air, but it's not allergies. I had a fever on Friday. It's very dry in Texas. Uh, yes. Although, yes. Although there's a tropical storm hand headed here now. And so yesterday was kind of overcast and stuff, but, uh, but lately it has been very dry. Yeah. For such a wet or earlier part of the year, it's been, it's been too dry lately. So anyway, well, maybe I'm, I'm drinking tea. I'm not drinking coffee. I'm doing all the things. I'm taking the zinc. I'm taking the, the vitamin C. I'm like, I feel, I feel just like an old cantankerous person who's, <laughs> I don't handle, I don't handle colds. Well, I get like a baby. I'm like a baby. <laughs> I know something that'll cheer you up. Uh, what? There's a guy in your, from your state who um, is saying wonderful things about. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, There's a, your heartthrob, Beto O'Rourke, is is. I was waiting for when we were going to talk about him. I knew because, <laughs> yeah, I knew he's been he's been saying too many crazy things lately. Not to talk about him. Yeah, well, I think that's why he's saying crazy things because no one was talking about him, and so this is his way to get back in the limelight. Um, but Carrie, let's um, let's just play. What this is, we'll play a video of um, what Beto said not very long ago. Beto was running against, I don't know if we should even call him Beto. It's Roberto. It's Robert. It's not Roberto. It's Robert Francis. Oh, it's Robert. Robert Francis O'Rourke. So let's call him Francis. Francis so, is my favorite name for him. Yeah. So when Francis was running against Ted Cruz, uh, which was not that long ago, he had this to say about gun confiscation and AR-15s. Uh, you were recently in Houston, I think it was late last week, you were in Houston and you were talking about the AR-15 and you said that no one should be able to buy an AR-15, should not be able to, to be sold to civilians here in the United States. I own an AR-15, a lot of our listeners own AR-15s, why should they not have one? Um, to be clear, they should have them. If you purchase that AR-15, if you own it, keep it. Um, continue to use it responsibly. Wow. If you own it, keep it. It sounds a lot like uh, you can keep your doctors. Yeah, I've heard of this before. It does sound similar. <laughs> it sounds similar. <laughs> you can keep it. You can keep so your... that was him, you know, very recently. That That's dated uh, April 9th, 2018. So a little over. This is a matter, a little over what? A little over a year. This is a matter of audience. That's when he was running in Texas. And he was thinking... Okay, I've got to appeal to a Texas audience. I want to take your guns, but I have to appear to be a bit more nuanced and moderate. I'm not taking your guns. I'm taking. I'm just taking your children's guns. Your children's guns. But now he's running on the national stage. That tells me what he thinks about um, the the climate on this issue nationally. But he's wrong. He does, he, yeah, so let's, let, first let's hear what he said, and then we can talk about what he thinks about the climate nationally, because I do agree with you. I think he's wrong, but 
here is his, here's what he said during the debates uh, the other day. Some on this stage have suggested a voluntary buyback for guns in this country. You've gone further. You said, quote, Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to sell them to the government, all of them. You know the critics call this confiscation. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am. If it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield, if the high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers. When we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, mm -hmm. and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Okay, so okay. he's interpreting the wild applause from the Democratic primary debate attendees as... This is what everyone thinks. Let's just point have, out a few things. I have a couple. Well, one, AR-15 has never been used on a battlefield. Right. That's, that's one point. Not used so, on a battlefield. Not used on a battlefield. Quit saying things that aren't true. Right. And Two, well, I have one other. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> well, every single gun is designed to cause internal injury by throwing a high-speed pro high projectile into your flesh and ripping it apart. That's what yes. a gun is for that's what i was gonna say if i am shooting an intruder yes that's why i have a gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, but wait it's interesting he's like well we're only going to take the guns that are designed to do this I'm like that's literally every gun that's all guns they know yes and ar-15s aren't higher velocity than a lot of hunting rifles out there they don't they're you know if you want a flat long trajectory and are using a, a bolt action hunting rifle the Muzzle velocity is higher than an AR-15, right? And muzzle velocity isn't the only thing. He's just he's just using words that sound scary to people, and he's saying, "Oh, it's designed to to kill you." Yes, all guns are designed to kill. That is the purpose. That's that's what basically classifies a gun. Yes, it's like I don't want a gun that's not going to kill the person who's trying to rape me or break into my home or right. threatening me with murder. Uh, that's the whole purpose. But there's nothing um, he said there that he can't apply to any other firearm. He could easily oh, apply I know. handguns. Well, that's, right? that's the whole point. They, don't, they rely on their audience being, it, being naive and ignorant on this subject. And so I don't think, that, like, like, for example, I keep getting into this argument online. So here's something I want to say. I know we've talked about this before, but let me address this again because it came up because of Beto. And this guy on the left was arguing with me on um, social media about it. And he was saying, you know, first of all, he started from a, a place of bad faith, which I've said this before. If you want to have any impact and if you want to actually um, connect with and understand people who support gun rights better and you want them to understand you better and you want to come to some kind of understanding and potentially, potentially a compromise. Let's say that's your goal or to get something done that you guys can agree on or to find where your points of agreement, right? Then, then you don't come into the conversation assuming bad faith and calling them evil 
for not agreeing with you or saying that they don't care about children dying because they don't agree with you or saying that uh, they're, they are okay tolerating the slaughter of Americans because they don't agree with you on, take, on, on banning AR-15s. You don't go into an argument like that. However, I think a lot of people on the left, their goal is not to reach people who support gun rights. And so that's why they don't care. That's why they come and in they that way. they do go into the arguments like that. That's yes. very common. They go into the argument like that almost all the time. And so this guy came into the argument that way. Um, but then he backed off of it, you know, a little bit. We were having a conversation, but he, he basically was saying, uh, if you don't support this ban on AR-15s, presumably, then you're okay tolerating the slaughter of Americans. So my point is, well, if you only support it for AR-15s, I mean, rifles account for less than 2% of all gun deaths. And that's all rifles, all rifles, not just AR-15s, as you know. It's hunting rifles, everything. So you are okay with the slaughter of 98% of Americans or 98% of gun deaths. You're okay with the slaughter depending on what gun is used. So just to use your own argument, your own hyperbole and your own um, rhetoric against you or use it back at you, that's how unfair that is. So I, I, don't get, I don't get that, like coming into something like that and not knowing the facts and using that kind of language um, to me is uh, evidence of your bad faith and also evidence of your ignorance, quite frankly, because then when you get someone into a corner like that and they're not aware of the gun stats and you're trying to put them on the spot and say, well, why are you okay with, if you, if this is, if this for you is about uh, the slaughter of, of innocent Americans. And I said to him, I was like, gun rates have been going, they've been, gun, gun deaths have been declining steadily for the past 25 years. You probably don't know that, but they have. And his response was, they're not declining for the people who died in El Paso. Yes, they are. They are. They're declining yeah. objectively for everyone. There's only one objective reality and truth, and they are, in fact, declining. That doesn't mean there are none. Yeah, exactly. They're there declining. is murder. There are deaths. It's not zero yet. That's a fact. Right. But also, gun deaths are declining. That is a fact. And this is supposed to be the party of objective reality and truth and facts. But when, the minute you start talking about this, this is all emotion for them, and the facts are not on their side. And he, well, and many of us have never thought of them as the party of objective reality and facts. We've thought of them as the party of emotion. So this I've, okay, but I'm being on the left my whole life, and a lot of people on the left still think of them and think of themselves as the party of objective truth and fact, but they're not. This very same guy said to me at some point, because the facts were not on his side, it's emotion on his side. And at one point, he said, You know, if, a, uh, if an Islamic terrorist went into a school with a bomb and killed some people, would you, would you want to do something about it? Or would you stop and look at the facts and the statistics? And I was like, uh, I'd like to think I would stop and look at the facts and the statistics, dude. Like that's the whole right. point. <laughs> like, right. We didn't, we didn't argue for outlawing planes because people flew planes into buildings. Like that wasn't the, we stopped and looked at the statistics and went, well, that was horrible. We should go after the people and the ideology behind this. We shouldn't go after the instrument they used because, frankly, the plane is not the problem. And I know we had the TSA and blah, 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 but, you know, that's not something I would have done. A lot of rational people disagree with the development of the TSA. So. Right. And, you know, he asked a question in this thread. Um, well, it's about mass murders. How many mass murders are, are, um, are done with handguns versus rifles? I didn't have the stats in front of me at the time. And I was like, I, I don't know. But I, let me tell you this. The Virginia Tech shooter, I do know this. 
who killed 32 people and wounded 17, who was the largest mass shooter until Orlando. He did it all with hand, exclusively handguns. So you ban a rifle, people are just going to pick up handguns. It doesn't matter. And, and then somebody actually came into the thread and, and had the stats and was like, actually, more mass murders, many more mass murders are committed with handguns than with rifles. It's just that the rifles are the ones that get the attention. And they want to pat themselves on the back and feel like, to use his words in his hypothetical scenario of a terrorist attack, they want to feel like they've done something where they haven't done anything. Banning rifles, 2% of gun deaths, and, and specifically it's one kind of rifle, is, is responsible for even a, a, a smaller fraction of gun deaths. You're not going to have done anything except to lay the groundwork, groundwork to remove, to ban, to disarm citizens and ban other guns. This is the psychology that you see often, though, this idea that doing something means passing a law or advocating for a particular political position. Doing something uh, is, should be, first and foremost, a personal thing. If you want to do something, then maybe figure out what the root causes of this are and go help, maybe help, uh, help young men who are at risk of going crazy or have, have, or um, don't have a father in the home. Right. Like do, do something that like yourself do something, doing something doesn't mean holding up a sign and advocating for a law to be passed. If you care about poor people and want to do something, go buy them Turkey at Thanksgiving, go do something with your own money, time and resources, go, go do something that's not it's not the same as voting for a law voting and I, I think it's easy to just argue i mean this guy probably what this guy will do is his contribution will be he'll argue on facebook and he'll vote yeah and he can pat himself on the back but those are lazy meaningless yeah. things it's meaningless it's so meaningless and i i'm so happy you said that because i i believe the same thing and i we never get to talk about the real root causes of gun violence because we spend all of the time trying to correct the record and give facts to people like this guy who don't have the facts. And, and, and so it's, they make it about guns. It's not about guns. Guns is what keeps you from addressing the root causes. And so it's much harder to look at the root causes and address those. It's much harder. Just like you're saying, any type of work, personal work on yourself is much harder than standing out there with a sign or some stupid t-shirt telling people right. how to live their lives or whatever law you want passed. It's not the government's job to fix what is a societal problem, in my opinion. What, what is a, pro a problem of culture, a breakdown of culture? Right. And, and, I mean, you know, just even just stepping back and looking at the problem, you can say, okay, well... Uh, actually, you know, the, the, for the number of guns that are in the United States, I mean, the number of, of households that own guns and the number of guns in the U S is huge compared to the, like, it's huge. There's a huge number of guns. It's actually a relatively small amount of violence considering the huge number of guns. But if you want to ask yourself, if you think there's been a, a, an increase in a certain thing. And I, I get that, you know, you're someone else came into the thread and demonstrated there wasn't an increase in, in uh, mass shootings, or maybe, maybe they just, no, that's not what they said. And actually I believe there has been an uptick. I thought in there mass. was. Yeah. 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 There's been an uptick in mass shooting. No, this person said most mass shootings are committed with handguns, uh, okay. rifles. 
Right, so the question is like, okay, well, why is there an uptick in mass shootings? Because there's not an uptick in gun ownership as a percentage of the population. So you can't say it's the access to guns that has caused the problem because access to guns actually has gotten harder over time. I mean, there used to be rifle clubs in high school and like guns used to be much more a part of everyday life and they're not now. And so access to guns can't be the reason it can't be because that has not gotten, it's not gotten more open access to guns. It's gotten harder to get guns. And yet mass shootings are on the rise. Well, yeah. that, that's, that directly contradicts this idea that it's access to guns that are the problem. So you should start looking somewhere else and figure out what the problem is. And a lot of these kids are on um, uh, uh, SSRIs, or have and or have broken families they've got a history of other uh problems mental problems and there's a larger cultural issue at play here and all those things are really difficult to address really difficult really difficult because it's personal relationships it's like we just read 1984 for book club and it, it's funny because whenever we read a book for book club and it's still fresh in my mind, like we did Brave New World, I will make a lot of references to it. I noticed we made some references yesterday, but part of the book we were talking about um, the the proles, the proletariats, or the you know the the lower class of people in the book. Um, at one point, the main character Winston is noticing that they're not loyal to party or to state or to government, they're loyal to each other, they're loyal to individuals, they're loyal to family. And he's noticing this and kind of remarking on it because he's in what is known as the outer party, which is a higher level, supposedly a higher class of people, although they don't get to live their life, they don't have freedom. (laughs) But, um, But he's looking at and going, wow, they're like loyal to one another. That's something that we don't have anymore. And that's, that to me is related to this problem. The people want to be loyal to the government, to the party. They want to look at to the party, the government to fix the problem. They don't want to look at their families. They don't want to look at their individual lives. They, they probably look at this and say, well, I don't know a mass shooter. Yeah, you don't, maybe you don't, but I'm sure, you know, a kid, a guy who, um, like we, you know, is growing up with problems is growing up feeling alienated. Um, is growing up without any sense of purpose or meaning, or maybe has, you, you know, I'm sure there's a big brother program near you. <laughs> like there right. are things you can do. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, the other thing that's never talked about is how often um, firearms are used in, in defense. And people say, well, if you want to ban guns, then th- if you don't want to ban guns, then you don't care about the slaughter of these people. Well, you could make the same argument right back. If you want to ban guns, then you don't care about the slaughter of the people that are using guns to protect themselves. I did use that argument because that's exactly why. They don't get it. That's why we support the Second Amendment because I don't support the slaughter of innocent people. Right. By the way, uh, I know we should share this, Carrie, because it is so awesome. Beto's now selling this shirt on his website. This is uh, his BetoOrg.com's website. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. So this is Beto really trying to look like a bad boy here with his, um, which is pathetic because it's he's pathetic. not actually taking it. He's going to ask men with guns who work for the government. to Right. And, and you know, the point that you make all the time about government at the butt of a gun, right? I was saying this to this guy. I'm like, you're not against guns. 
you just want the government, the state, the party to be the only one holding the gun. Right. No one is actually against guns. No one. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of the self-defense stats, I don't have those at my fingertips and I was looking for those the other day. What are, I know you're more up on the. I don't have them at the top of my uh, head, but the last I checked, it was, uh, it was many more than gun deaths, but I don't, it was like order of, order of magnitudes more. Right. But I don't remember the number. I'm sorry. I don't have it. That's okay. We should put that video, the last video we did on gun, on gun rights. Yeah, We have a video where we have those stats. I'll link to it below and people can, can. Yeah. So I'm going to share something. If anyone who is interested in um, buying a (laughs) t-shirt, this This t-shirt to me directly relates to Beto. This is the women's version. We have it on Unsafe Space merch store. You can go to unsafespace.com. Make Democrats liberal again. That's the, that's the women's. This is the men's. Uh, this is, De- Demo- Beto is not a liberal, okay? These Democrats who are pushing disarming citizens are not liberals. They're not liberals anymore. And so... As soon as I saw that shirt on his thing, I went in the comments and was like, why don't you buy this shirt instead? <laughs> <sighs> well, thank you, Carrie. Carrie is the entire marketing arm of, <laughs> of Unsafe Space. So, yes, you could buy that shirt. But it's um, true. This, 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 this subject, I mean, I was saying that before we had t-shirts. I thought it was really funny, but it, it's funny because it's true. They're not freaking liberals anymore. And, you know, to take it back to beta for a second, I know I'm ranting, but I... Okay. I had a friend, so here in Texas, I've mentioned this before, but I had a friend who uh, unfriended me in a spectacular way over um, not voting for Beto and in part over not voting for Beto. Um, and and one of the things I, I said to her at the time was like, and I've said this before to people who've argued with me since about it, I had to vote for the most liberal candidate and that was Ted Cruz, Okay. <laughs> Like it wasn't Beto and everything he's done since then, as he's running all this crazy stuff he's saying has further has all it's done is show me. Yes. You made the right decision. This guy, you called it. He's not a liberal. A liberal doesn't advocate on behalf of disarming citizens. That's what totalitarians do. That's what authoritarians do. That's how an authoritarian speaks. We're going to come take your guns away from you. Look at history. Look at who has disarmed their citizens and look what happened after. So, all of this moral righteousness on behalf of here in Texas, it's almost suffocating. Not, it depends on where you're at in Texas, but in the Austin area, it's suffocating. It's Beto everywhere. It's like, like my friend said to me, but Carrie, he's going to be the next Obama. It's like, they treat him like he's a celebrity and all the stores on South Congress, it's just, all of them have Beto signs in them. You know, I saw one Ted Cruz sign someone put up on South Congress during the election here. And in real time, my friend and I watched a crazy woman stop in the middle of traffic, get out of her car and rip the sign down because she was so angry, like in the middle of a red light intersection, got down and was ripping the sign down. My friend took off running after and was like, hey, (laughs) she she dropped the sign. We ended up, my friend taped it. We put it back. My friend is like this little angry libertarian. (laughs) But but yeah, that whole street, we were talking about afterwards, like there's a whole street covered in Beto signs and you can't see one picture of Ted Cruz without losing your shit and flipping out that's what it's like in austin 
And at some point, you and I should have a conversation about, I thought about this after our cantankerous beginning yesterday, which people kind of appreciated, I guess, that we recovered. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I think we should have a conversation about definitions of what liberal means and what progressive means. Because to me, they're actually not super clear and well-defined. Um, I agree. And, and I think that's true for, I think most people are on my side in that it's not clear and well-defined. Uh, oh, yes. Think- well, we would all agree. Because people use it differently. And, be- and besides, they've tried to get us to believe that SJW ideology is liberal and it's not. And that it's yeah. progressive and it's not. It's not either of those things. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, historical progressivism is very similar. Like, I, that's why I want to have a definitional conversation. It might be fun to just kind of figure out what do we really mean by these? What did they historically mean? Um, but I, I do want to, I do want to, there's a couple things I want to talk about. One argument that I hear a lot from the gun grabbers is what do you need an AR-15 for? Why do you need an AR-15? Or why do you need a blank? Whatever it is. And I would just like to point out that that question, asking that question, betrays an illiberal philosophy. That's not the question that a, a classical liberal asks. That's the question that an authoritarian asks. Why do you need a blank? That's, that's an authoritarian mindset. It's none of your business why I need or want a blank. A, an actual individualist doesn't ask why do you need a blank? It's none of my business what you have and don't have. I don't, there is, I don't want a state that only lets you, ha- lets you have what you need. People don't need to justify what they want to do so long as it is not the initiation of force, which owning an AR-15 is not the initiation of the use of force. They don't need to justify to you at all why they need, want, or own anything including pornography, an AR-15, drugs, uh, a car you don't like, um, clothes, it doesn't matter, books that you think are bad. A, A classically liberal society, a society built on individualism, doesn't run around asking neighbors, why do you need that? The answer, the only proper answer is it's none of your effing business why I need that. So I'm glad you addressed this because this guy I was arguing with, he did the kitchen sink. You know, he gave all these things that were not actual arguments. And at one point he said, nobody needs an AR-15. He didn't ask. He just told you, you don't need one. Well, that's wrong. You don't know what I need. Um, But secondly, you wouldn't apply that to anything else, would you, sir? Like car death, there are more people who die every year from vehicle accidents and from from accidents on the road with at the end of a car let's put it that way you don't need a car but i don't hear you making that argument you don't need an iphone (laughs) you don't need an iphone you don't need what other things can i take away from you since you're okay with me taking things from you that you don't need right i mean ultimately i guess i guess you could in terms of human needs you need food air water uh Maybe shelter if it's a harsh environment, some clothes as a form of shelter, and like anything beyond that, you don't need in a strict in the strict sense of your bare necessities, but that's not how we 
that's not how we relate to each other as that's not how civilization behaves. Civilized people don't run around policing what they think other people need. That's not civilization. No, that's, that's thuggery. Um, the, I actually just looked up the stats real quick. Cause I, it's not as big of a gap as I thought it, but it's still, so 2016, there were 40,000 people who died motor vehicle related deaths. And there were 39 people who died from firearm related deaths, 39,000. 39, so yeah, but if like you, a, if you get rid of suicides on that, oh, like yeah. down to 20 or something or 15 or, or even smaller. Yeah. Cause suicides account for like two thirds of gun deaths. Yeah. Gun deaths. But um, you know, and, and, the, the whole idea of, well, this guy, I have to say one thing. I don't know if the fake liberals like Beto, the authoritarians, I don't know if they um, have actually, like Beto, for example, he's shown us that he's really, it's really easy to get him to change his position. I'm not saying people shouldn't be able to change their position. I hate it. One of the things I don't like is when people criticize someone for evolving and changing their mind on something that's fine. I just, I don't think that that's what happened to him. I think, I no, think he did not change his position at all. I think he just felt safe admitting it. And so part of me thinks that he wants to ban handguns as well. And he just doesn't feel safe saying that yet because this guy I was arguing with, who was saying, you know, he agrees with Beto and I kept making these arguments. And finally he said, I said, you know, so are you a hypocrite then you're, you just want to ban the rifle uh, either, either you're a hypocrite or yeah, like, I, I didn't say that word to him exactly, but that's kind of what it was. It's like, you are saying that you support this because you're against the slaughter of even one American and yet 98% of gun deaths are not committed with rifles. So are you, you're not for banning handguns. Why not? And he finally admitted, yes, I think we should ban all guns except for, he said, we should only be able to have um, black powder, uh, single load muskets. <laughs> I know you're laughing because it's hilarious, right? It's hilarious, but this guy was serious and right. at least I had to, I said at least, okay, if that's your position, well, at least that's more intellectually consistent than what I thought you were being. So I, I can respect that. And if Beto were just to come out and say that too, great. Then at least we would know and he would be honest and at least he would be consistent. But I think he's going to continue like a lot of them, a lot of the authoritarians on the left, he's going to continue to pretend like it's about one thing that he thinks he can whip you up about and you, and he, he's, he's depending on the fact that you don't know the statistics and that you are scared of a cosmetically looking, um, a scary looking gun. And he's going to rely on emotion and not facts so that he can lay the groundwork for then banning handguns, which is something he thinks you might be more likely to be against. Yeah. I mean, there, there, when he speaks, you should hear all guns because that's really what they, they want to ban all guns and you can't trust them. And I look, I don't have a problem with people changing position on major issues. I've done it myself. But uh, you can only do it honestly by addressing the fact that you've done it. So Beto, if he's going to change his position, he would have to say, well, I really believed X, Y, Z, but I've changed my mind because of ABC. Now, maybe he's done that. I still don't believe Beto in particular. But, you know, as you pointed out, you can keep your doctor if you like your doctor. Like, we know... We know that they are just lying. And we know if they had an AR-15 ban, the very next thing would be, well, gee, rifles are only 2%. It's actually handgun. Like, oh, absolutely. 
And then so, they would, and then suddenly they would start to understand how a gun works a little bit. And they'd be like, wait, look, the handgun is a semi-automatic, just like the AR-15. <laughs> right. Yes. They would start to say, oh, these, well, we, we just want to ban semi-automatics, right? Yeah. And a just, lot of people wouldn't even realize that semi-automatic banning meant handgun banning. Yeah. They would say, we, look, we want to go after, we went after the assault rifle. Now let's go after all semi-automatic. Suddenly they know what semi-automatic right, Semi-automatic weapons of war that are used on the battlefield. By the way, uh, semi-automatics are used on the battlefield. Uh, like, sorry, uh, pistols are used on the battlefield. Not AR-15s, but, you know, pistols. The, the 1911 adopted by the, the military in 1911. Uh, very common semi-automatic handgun used in battle. All over the place, um, right? Like isn't the isn't of, the Ruger also? Yeah, I mean, a lot of pistols are used. You know, sidearms are carried by military personnel, so you could make the same argument. The, the, Carrie, the other thing, um, the other thing I sometimes hear, and we, you know, the most uh, infamous comment in recent history about this was from uh, that douchebag Eric Swalwell. Oh but, gosh. Right. There's this argument that uh, you can't fight the government with those anyway. Cause the, cause the, so by the way, the, the, just to step back, the libertarian argument here is, well, they're for protection against bad guys, but some of those bad guys are the government, their protection against the government. Also, this is one of the reasons for the second amendment so that we can push back. And so you have people like Swalwell say, that's silly. You can't possibly fight the government with that. We have nukes, right? Which is okay. Which so is, you're gonna it's tantamount. Things? Yeah. Tantamount to threatening citizens. Right. Which is interesting because when, when Beto said he was going to take all the AR-15s and another representative said, mine is waiting for you. Beto freaked out and lost his, his uh, marbles and was like, Oh, I've been threatened. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, when, when, he's but when we did that with threat. Eric Swalwell, who said we have nukes, everyone was like, you're crazy. That wasn't a threat. That wasn't a threat. Right. But but look, Beto's the one who made the threat. Beto said, I'm going to come take your gun. That's the threat. Yes. Yes, that is that's a threat. threat. Yes. My gun is sitting here waiting for you is not the same. Right. No, but that's my it's point. Like, right. When yeah, he's, I agree. He's like, I, I feel threatened by you saying you'll defend yourself against my aggression. Yeah is that's a threat, but Swalwell saying, oh, you couldn't, poss you couldn't beat us because we have nukes, that's not a threat at all. That's, that's yeah. crazy to think that's a threat. They have but, double standards. They have such double standards. But I, I you know what, I've, I've, um, here in Texas, there's a lot of references to the Alamo, of course, and mm -hmm. it's really popular to see this, uh, the, the cannon with the come and take it. Yep. And so now I've been seeing the AR-15 with come and take it. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> well, I, I want to point something out about this. First of all, if these are, I mean, I saw a, a meme on Twitter about this the other day. Uh, if AR-15s are, quote, weapons of war, and you're going to send people with weapons of war to take our weapons of war, that's pretty much a war, right? You're starting a war. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you want. That's a war yes. by definition. Excellent but, point. <laughs> yeah. But I want to point something out. Um, people think it's ridiculous that you would fight the government, that civilians would fight the government. Because what they think is, they think that this is like, oh, you know what, a couple guys with AR-15s are gonna hold off the entire army, right? This is, that's not gonna happen. Um, and I, I wanna point out a few things. For, first of all, historically, 
it's things like, so guns have been used by citizens, even post-Civil War in the U.S., uh, to fight the government. Um, and historically, law enforcement does actually deputize citizens with their own, use, citizens use their own weapons to sometimes fight against, like local law enforcement will do that in order to fight against injustice from the, the feds or from, uh, you know, a higher, higher government authority. The Bundy standoff is an example of like, you know, they would have just been overrun by the feds if they hadn't been armed. And they were armed and what ended up happening, no one, uh, no one killed anyone else, but what, what they ended up happening was there ended up being a negotiation, right? Um, because of the use of firearms. But, and, and actually, I, I think Texas has a long history of uh, citizens being part of a, uh, well, for lack of a better word, militia to, to fight off outsiders. But the idea that it's just citizens, I mean, there are members of law enforcement who will say, look, our local law enforcement, we're going to fight this. We don't agree with this. And what they're going to do is they're going to turn to able-bodied people in their community and say, if you have guns and you want to, like, we need, we need forces to fight this. And it's not just, it's not just citizens. And the end goal no. isn't necessarily to defeat the, the U.S. government. The end goal is sometimes just to keep them at bay long enough that there's negotiations or change sentiment or, you know, stake off a of territory. All that stuff is potentially possible. And, and Carrie, I read about, in prep for this show, I ended up reading this really, I went down the rabbit hole. Do you know about the Battle of Athens in, in 1946 in Tennessee? I don't. It is a fascinating story. Um, and I won't, I'll, I'll go quickly over it, but it's, it's relevant. So Athens in Tennessee, it's, it's in McMinn County in Tennessee. And during the Second World War, 3,526 young men from Athens left to go to war, which was about 10% of McMinn County's population. That's a large, it's a small county, right? A large percentage of guys fighting age uh, went to go to war. And while they were gone, uh, a guy named Paul Cantrell, of course, it's a Democrat, but that's my political alignment showing. Paul Cantrell uh, slowly kind of took over the county. And he started, uh, it started with this election that a lot of people believed was fraudulent and that ballot boxes are switched. Um, but there was no proof of this. Um, but he slowly started to implement these basically kind of forms of kickback and um, corruption so that sheriffs, like sheriffs and deputies and people would go out and you could find people for drunkenness. They would just stop a bust and arrest sleeping people and make them pay fines and do all this stuff. They started to harass the citizenry, basically. And this went on, I think he reigned for about 10 years. This went on for a while. And he ended up actually um, getting promoted and being, not promoted, but he ended up getting a seat in uh, at the state level. Uh, and not just being a local sheriff. So he, he, he was the sheriff in this town. He ended up getting, uh, getting elected. And when he got elected to, uh, as a state representative, they redistricted the county. They, did, uh, they, they changed the voting precincts from 23 to 12 and cut down the number of justices of peace from 14 to 7, um, four of which were his guys. Um, and, 
and after that, uh, any Republican opposition politically like died. They they redistricted it so that only his his people would would win. Um, the courts were still controlled by the Republicans. The courts, so he kept having these elections that people thought were fraudulent. The courts ordered him to use voting machines. So he disbanded the court and abolished the, and sold machines and said, we're saving the county money. Um, so all this stuff is going on. People are feeling, you know, oppressed and uh, this corrupt guy is basically taken over. So the soldiers come back, the GIs come back in, in the summer of 1945. <clears throat> They start coming back. They, they kind of filter in over the next year. And the GIs are getting harassed just like everyone else. And they're like, I just want to sit in the bar and drink. Why am I being harassed by these, these officers? What the hell is going on in my town? So they form an independent party, not a Republican or Democrat. And they say, we're going to run. We're going to run for office. We're going to take the county back. And this devolved into this. So the, the guy, Paul Cottrell, who had, or um, not Cottrell. Um, Cantrell. Cantrell. He came back from uh, state representation. He decided he's going to run for sheriff again. <laughs> so they put up a guy against him. And this kind of devolved. And at one point, so they were very worried that he was he, they were taking the ballot boxes and like moving them to secret locations to count and not letting anyone observe like this, all this kind of crap was going on. And so the GIs were worried that they were going to do this again. And this is, this is how they were going to secure the election. And it, things got out of control when one of uh, Contrell's guys shot a black farmer who came in to vote. Um, and he said, uh, you can't vote you N word basically. Um, and kicked him out and shot him in the back. Um, and so the GIs ended up, they, then they, they moved the ballots to this jailhouse and the GIs ended up bombarding the jailhouse, like shooting it, throwing Molotov cocktails. They went and got dynamite. Um, the Paul Control guy ended up escaping uh, by like faking being injured and getting in an ambulance or whatever, <laughs> getting out. Um, but they ended up, the GIs ended up winning they got the ballot um, boxes out. They, they had petitioned, this whole time they had petitioned higher authorities for help, but no one was helping. Like the state was just leaving them, like no one was helping. Um, and in the end they had, I think they had someone else come in and count the ballots and it turned out that they had one. Uh, but surprise, surprise, the newspapers covered this as like uh, anarchy and the, and the newspapers didn't like the GI, oh, the GIs are horrible and blah, blah, blah. It eventually just kind of went away. No one was really charged with anything. Um, I, think, I think no one actually ended up dying. Even the guy who was shot uh, didn't die. But it was a violent armed contract. And these GIs, by the way, obviously not members of law enforcement, they had guns and they used their guns against the local government and they won and they were left alone after that. And, and you know, they, they went back to having, and by the way, they even talked about uh, in the chaos, some people just became like lawless rioters and the GIs like rounded them up and threw them in jail. Like, no, no, no. We're like, we're just here to make sure the election happens because we don't trust uh, the government and rightfully so. And, and they use their firearms. So yes, this is from 1946, but my, my point is the idea that armed civilians 
are zero threat to authorities is false. Um, armed civilians do matter. They can matter. They can make a difference. And Beto is running around saying, so people are running around saying, oh, you could never fight the government with these. And, and like my point is, you could, and some of the government will join you. Some of the police will join you. Some of these people will join you. And, the, and those leaders will want other people who have their own guns. And Well, they know that. They know, the government knows that a large portion of the military and police would join. Because yeah. their, their duty is to protect and serve the American people, not, not the, right. like, I mean, I mean, there's a distinction there and not a corrupt, they'd have to make that decision for themselves, but not a tyrannical authoritarian leader who decides, hey, we're going to take all your guns away from you. Right. And so my, my, my other point here is, if it is indeed impossible to fight the government, even with current era 15s in in hands of civilians if it's if it's moot if that's a moot point and we don't need guns to oppose the government then it's time to oppose the government if the government has gotten that bad that its citizenry can't fight back against it if we're no longer the the check against government power and it's gone too far then we need to end the government and we need to end it now because it's gotten too big that was not the intent the intent was we are always there. The government's always afraid of the citizenry. The citizenry are supposed to be keeping the government in check. And if we've gotten to a point where you don't think that's viable anymore, then it's time to end the government. I don't know, but interesting. Well, point. I don't. I don't think we've gotten <laughs> to that point. I think it is viable that we could fight them. I think yeah. they are afraid, and I think that's why they want to outlaw guns. But this is this is my 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 argument when people say, "Well, oh, it's it's worthless anyway to have guns." Well, if that's the if that's the world we're in, then you're living in an authoritarian State. society. Yeah. You can't magically get rid of guns, and that's not even what you're trying to do. You're only trying to put them in the hands of people who are in authority over you. Who right now, most of you who believe that we should outlaw AR-15s are comparing our current president to literally Hitler. And you believe that only he and people under his purview, his control, should have firearms. That's your position. And I think it's, it's important to remember, you're not getting rid of guns. You're, only, you're putting them in the hands of police that the leftists say are racist and horrible, and the federal government, who the leftists claim is run by Hitler right now. That's their argument. Yep. Cool. <sighs> Um, well, thank you guys for joining us today for Daily Kefefe. If you like the video, please like, share, subscribe. And we have a subscribe star if you want to check that out. Plus, I think if you want to oppose uh, Democrat, illiberal Democrats like Beto, you should go to our shop and buy one of our Make Democrats Liberal Again t-shirts.